Powered by, by. RootslandNation.com Listen to back episodes of the podcast. Stream original music. Check out the latest fashions. RootslandNation.com We're your culture. Hey, Herbie. So, Henry, I've been on the phone all day with the distributors. What are they saying? What are they saying? They heard the pre-release, saw the artwork, and everybody went crazy. They're flipping out. Oh, that's... I'm so excited. It'll be our biggest pre-order to date. Yeah? What'd I tell you? What'd you tell me? What'd I tell you? Also, I knew this was... Judy spoke to the Grateful Dead production. All right. What did the Grateful Dead say? She what said they, they say? loved your album. They told it was the first time that? that anybody smiled since Jerry died. They did? They said that? That's touching. That's really nice. And another thing. We need yeah. you to start working on a volume two. Volume as soon two? As possible. Nuh-uh. I know. That wasn't the deal, Herbie. Come I know on. What I told you. Nuh-uh. Please. But we weren't counting on such a strong reaction. We have to follow it up and quick. You said I can produce any artist on the record. I know I what wanted. I said. I know what I said. A solo project, not a compilation. But this Come record on. is hot. Oh, Kirby. Capitalize off it now. That's, that just sounds greedyish. I don't know. Capitalize. Come on. This was a, a labor of love. Do a volume two, and I promise you. You can make any album you Herb, want. Any album, any artist, right? Toots and the Maytels. Any group. You, you'll put up the budget. Just do us this favor and make it better, if that's even possible. The guy's right, just misgoverned the world. Broadcasting live and direct from the rolling red hills on the outskirts of Kingston, Jamaica. From a magical place at the intersection of words, sound, and power. The red light is on. Your dial is set. The frequency in tune to the Rootsland podcast. Stories that are music to your ears. Fire on the Mountain was a no-brainer. And I got so much more credit than I deserved for the concept. Reggae has been covering rock and roll and R&B since the very beginning. It was part of the music's DNA. And every deadhead knew there was a musical and spiritual connection between the Grateful Dead and reggae music. Jerry Garcia, the group's leader, was an avid reggae lover who developed a lifelong friendship with one of his musical heroes, Jamaican superstar Jimmy Cliff, whose song The Harder They Come was a staple in the Jerry Garcia Band set list. Other Garcia Band favorites included Bob Marley and the Wailers originals, Stir It Up, and Stop That Train, the latter penned by Peter Tosh. And not to be left off that Zion train, Bobby Weir, the Dead's co-star, recorded a cover version of the Heptones track Book of Rules in 1981 for his Bobby and the Midnight side project. Then, a decade later, on the tribute album dedicated, Burning Spear, the man from the hills, chanted his way through a reggae interpretation of the Dead's California anthem, Estimated Prophet. It wasn't only the members of the Grateful Dead that connected with the conscious vibes of Roots Reggae. It was also their fan base, the Deadheads, whose boomboxes and car stereos filled parking lots outside Dead Show venues with the non-stop positive vibrations of Bob Marley and Peter Tosh. And if you ever took a stroll down Shakedown Street, 
the traveling craft market and illicit drug bazaar which followed the dead tour, you would find dozens of vendors with reggae t-shirts and Rasta paraphernalia manned by privileged white dreadlocked reggae fanatics known as Trustafarians that split their loyalty between the red, white, and blue of the Steal Your Face and the red, gold, and green of Ja Army. It was well documented that Bob Marley was initially dismayed when he saw that his sold-out U.S. audiences were mostly white hippies and not the black Americans. He was hoping that would connect to his message of African unity. In actuality, the cross-pollination between audiences that love psychedelic rock and Jamaican reggae is complex, multi-leveled. And of course, many would argue the use of marijuana and the ritual of smoking herb amongst friends is at the core of this commonality. But that would ignore the more nuanced relationship and a deep affinity that fans of both genres have for authentic, experimental, spiritual musics that embrace life and culture and emanate from a higher source. Both the Grateful Dead and reggae had evolved from music to movements. Communities centered around love, respect, unity, awareness. But perhaps the most overlooked connection boils down to just one word. Rebellion. The Grateful Dead and reggae were both born out of separate countercultures, embroiled in the same universal struggle, the fight against the status quo, against injustice, intolerance, and the recognition that the world really does break down to two different people. Us and them. And if you have to ask which side you're on, it's probably them. I'm here with Wayne Armand from the band Chalice who is celebrating the rock and roll band The Grateful Dead with a new reggae tribute album and celebrating a top spot on the reggae billboard charts for the efforts. So Wayne, tell me about Fire on the Mountain. Well, basically, it's a cover album from one of the great American rock bands, The Grateful Dead. And we just covered some of the songs with top Jamaican artists, and trust me, it's fabulous. Really? Had you ever heard of The Grateful Dead? Or any of their music? I'd never heard of the group before, you know. Neither did I. But um, when I got the CD and listened to the songs, I was kind of blown away. Why has it been such a success? Well, let me tell you. First of all, I discovered that the Grateful Dead are fantastic songwriters. Songs are excellent. Okay. And they just translate so well into reggae. A lot has to do with Henry Kay, who is a producer in Jamaica, an American who lives in Jamaica and really loves reggae passionately and he grew up listening to the grateful dead so for him it was like a no-brainer and henry was really masterful at choosing the songs to fit the artist because man it was like tailor-made for them when when he chose them well i love the charlie song but i must confess judy mort is my favorite Road jimmy it has a gospel reggae feel am i right it was like wow it was perfect for her because she gave it that real roots gospel treatment. And just about that time, she had converted to, to Christianity as well. So 
It works so well. So what does the future hold for Charlie? Well, I'm very excited to get back into the studio with Henry K because we've got a lot of work to do. For real? The future looks bright. Well, we're going to be doing some work with Toots and the Maytels, and then we're going back in the studio again with Henry K and we are going to be doing our own Chalice album, and that's going to be a cracker, a banger. So look out for a that. Chalice album. I can't wait. Well, they're supposed to be coming out on Power Records, and if I didn't let you know before... I'm very excited. And before we go, here's a little taste of that Sister Judy Moet track. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show, Sister. And look out for more works coming from Henry Kay and Chalice. Blessings. Herbie? Herbie, you hear me? Oh, oh, Henry, hi, hi, yeah. You've been tough to reach. I, I can't get hold of you guys, boy. Well, I know. We've been busy. I think you were uh, giving me the runaround. We've been busy with everything going on up here. Of course here. you're busy. With those with those two hit albums? Yeah, I know. Uh, sorry. How can I help? But I really need to talk to you. I got Toots and the Maytels waiting and Chalice. We want to set up the sessions. You know, I'm pretty much ready to go. Let's get into the studio. Well, that's the thing. Judy and I uh, wanted to speak to you about this. Okay. Uh-huh. You wanted to talk to me about what? Yeah, for the next project, uh, we decided to go with another producer. Different producer? In a different direction. A new direction? We just feel it's better for Pow Wow. Better for the future of the label. What do you, what do you mean, better for the future? I, I thought I was the future here. Henry, you I promised. know, I know, I know. Herbie, you pr- promised. What do you mean? You're going to find someone else? Listen, I'm sorry, kid. I'm sorry. I know what I promised. Oh, come on. You can't do this to me. Henry, listen. It's nothing personal. Nothing personal? I put blood, sweat, and tears? We love you. We think you're the greatest. Just Just business. Just business. How does that look? I have to go face all the artists back down in Jamaica? You'll be fine. You'll see. You'll be fine. I I put my word, my reputation. It makes more sense for our Herb. From a business standpoint. Come on, we, we we killed with these records. We've been doing great. You're going to look like the typical greedy New York music business person who has no loyalty. Don't get so dramatic. Doesn't care about anybody. Doesn't care about anybody but himself and his profits. Come on. We got to go now, but we will be in Herb, touch. Come on. All right. Her. Hello? 
Herb. Henry, was that Herbie from the record company? Sia. Did he just fire Sia, you? what are you eavesdropping? Stop listening did to my Did he just tell you he didn't want you to produce the next record? Yeah. I, I guess I guess I did get fired. What's that all about? Didn't you say he treated you like a son? Yeah, he did treat me like a son. That he was teaching you all about the business? Yeah, he did teach me about the music business. Yeah, I guess this is my last lesson, huh? What are you going to do now? You got to take care of your daughter. See ya. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Just let me process sure it all, this please. Is the right business for you? These people? I don't, I don't need your... I don't know. I don't need your opinions. I thought Jamaica was rough. But foreign? These record company? They're full of shit. I was embarrassed. Ashamed. Now I had to go back to Kingston and face my friends. My peers, my colleagues. Let them know I was no longer producing for Powwow. There were no more projects for now. No work on the horizon. I should have been heading back to Kingston, the conquering hero, ready to record my next smash with Toots and the Maytels, featuring Chalice as the backing band. It was the first project in a multi-record deal for Herb and Judy, and I knew firsthand how far those powwow dollars stretched down in Jamaica, how they helped out an entire ecosystem of musicians, of singers, studio engineers, right down to the security guard Tippy, who worked the late shift at Anchor Music and was able to earn a few extra bucks getting herb and drinks for the crew. For the most part, the session musicians and featured artists who appeared on Fire in the Mountain all agreed to accept payments far below their standard session fees. They knew Pow Wow was a small label and didn't have the budget that the majors did. But these artists also made sacrifices because they believed in me. And I gave them my word we were building a brand. My personal assurance that there would be future albums with more substantial budgets and their help, support, and generosity would never be forgotten. Now I was the one who literally had to face the music with my honor, my pride, my reputation all in shambles. I'd have to tell everyone that Herb and Judy decided to hire another producer for Pow Wow's next project. They would not be using the same studio, or the same musicians, or the same engineers that delivered not one but two critically acclaimed and commercially successful records, on time and on budget. Incidentally, both albums that were still on the Billboard charts when they decided to dump me, when they decided to spend their newfound money on a hotshot producer from L.A. with his own studio and his own vision for a hit. And I'm not saying he wasn't talented, but oh, did he have Herbie Corsack's number. Told the old man all the sweet things he wanted to hear. Fire on the mountain, as they said in Jamaica, let everyone eat a good food. And Herbie got that hit he always wanted. Actually, two of them. He had enough chips on the table to walk away a winner. But I guess that wasn't enough. He wanted more. Wayne, don't have the best news. Why, Henry, I hear about this Herb and Judy and the whole power situation. You did? 
You know how the Jamaican grapevine oh, over here these that, things rapid. The Jamaica grapevine, okay. Yeah. Well, listen, gosh. I know it's rough. I know it's rough. Uh huh. But what can we do? Okay. Listen, Henry, you really don't become a legit record producer in Jamaica when you get your first hit. No, I don't. You become legit when you get screwed. I guess. And trust me. <laughs> I guess you I'm are legit. Properly huh? legitimate now. Yeah, okay. Remember what Bob said, no, Henry? Yeah. Who feels it knows it. Who feels it knows it. Well, so if I was you, well, I would have <laughs> wear this as a badge of honor. I, I'm not sure I want to wear it, but okay. You are one of us, brother. Welcome to the club. I know. I know, Wayne. Listen, my brother, I know you've been there a thousand times. Still friggin' hurts. I put everything into those records, man. You know that. Sacrificed two years of my life. Time with my friends, my family, my new daughter. I'll never get that back. Well, listen to me, man. Real talent will never die. So you just hang on in there, bro. Because right now, all the musicians who work with you, Henry, them love all your work. You treat them fairly, you treat them with respect, and them get what them forget when them work with you. Thank you, Wayne. I appreciate that. Those are sweet, sweet, kind words. Thanks for being there. Jamaica love you, one of us. One of us. It's a funny thing. When the news broke out about Pow Wow, I was so sure I was done. That it was all over for me in reggae. No one would ever want to work with me or trust me again. I thought they would all believe I was no different than the other foreigners that came down and used the island's resources for personal gain, with little or no regard for the damage left behind. I was expecting the absolute worst, and deservingly so. And yet this beautiful island of Jamaica, she never ceases to amaze me and showed me just the opposite. The empathy, the compassion, the support and understanding I received from these artists was an overwhelming display of class and kindness. You see, they had all been there themselves. They had been led on, lied to, discarded and forgotten. They had all been victims of this music business and learned to wear it as a badge of honor, like a purple heart. Instead of wallowing in the bitterness, they were a resilient bunch whose armor grew thicker and tougher with every battle, with every betrayal. For so many years, I had heard the stories firsthand from Bob Andy, Deadly Headley, Eddie Fitzroy, and others. Tales so powerful and personal they were that I really thought I understood the pain, the suffering. But this heartache was something different, something I never felt before, and took me somewhere I'd never been. It was dark and cold, and I was alone and disoriented until I got my bearings and realized where I was. This was the place where reggae comes from. I finally arrived. Everywhere, like the gang of cursed the cliff, and draw 
share and subscribe and please support our show by downloading the Rootsland original soundtrack available on Amazon, iTunes or wherever you purchase music. So join the Roots gang on Rootsland. Yes, Rasta. Henry K. Henry K. Productions.